Hey, David. Yo. On a scale of 1 to 10, how disrespectful are you? Well, disrespectful of what? I got you a cookie and you didn't eat the cookie. In my I, defense, cookie. I didn't even know that there was a cookie there. No, when you buy the triple box from Pizza Hut free advertising here, you always get two pizzas. You get some wings, which we also didn't eat because I forgot about them. Some breadsticks and a big pan cookie and you didn't even eat it hold up you guys you got wings in there and yeah there was chicken bites they were in the back of the box i was like chris what is this and she's just like they're chicken bites i was like damn it there was chicken bites you know what yeah you have no no argument against me because you didn't even eat the chicken bites and i didn't even know that they were there so Uh, all around that's on you that's just on you i apologize but more on our adventures, the Xbox, and everything when we come back to the Scene on Screen podcast. Hey, whether it's your favorite tabletop adventure, movie, or video game, we've got you covered. Welcome to the Scene on Screen podcast with your hosts, Sean and David. Happy Christmas week in November for all you gamers out there. Whether you're getting the Xbox Series X, Series S, or PlayStation 5, we're just happy you're along for the ride. What's up, David? Oh, you know, still waiting for my Xbox to show up. Wow. I would have figured it would have been there first thing this morning. No, it was not. It still hasn't that, shown up. That is Mondo disappointing. Um, no, right? Yeah, I, I, I feel bad for you, especially because uh, David and I had an exchange Monday night and we were worried my Xbox probably wasn't going to get there through the day while David was in town. And we like tracked it all night. It was like at 1230. It, it just arrived in ki- into Kitchener. and We were like, fuck, yeah. And then uh, I, I said to my other half, um, we decided we wanted to go out disc golfing yesterday morning uh, just because it was such a beautiful morning. I looked at her. I'm like, you watch. David's not going to get here till 11. But he told me 11.11, which he was a dirty, stinking liar. I was there at 11.09. So. Yeah, no, you originally told me 11.30. So we, we got up a little bit later to play. Because we're like, okay, if, even if he's here at 11, we can go play 9 or whatever. We can just go play and have some fun. And I was like, you watch, though. Because you got into my head about Canada Post and the signature. And I was like, nah, if they'll just drop it in the Dropbox. Sure enough. We parked the car literally 10 minutes from the house and it said your package has arrived and it's in your storage parcel. I had my Xbox before 9.30 yesterday morning and I didn't fire it up till 4 o'clock. Kind of a shame. Uh, yeah. So, but here's the thing though. You said that it required a signature, but it didn't. Oh yeah. Like there is a big just... difference. I was going based off of the fact that if a signature is required, they're, they're not even going, going to attempt to deliver it especially to like an apartment complex or anything like that. Um, so yeah, that's why it was actually delivered because no signature was required. But it said signature was required. Hey, I'm telling you the biggest purchase I've ever made to have delivered to my house claimed I signed for it. I'm talking like a almost $3,000 item and it was left on my parents' porch. 
Well, yeah, that, like, that's like FedEx or whatever. I was like, my mom's going to be like, my mom's home all day. That's cool. I'll just have it sent to their house. That way I don't have to miss the mail. I don't have to miss a thing. Nope. Just because that's how it's going. But it is what it is. David and I went on an adventure yesterday. It was a different adventure because we uh, we had a special guest. <laughs> Chris, Chris, <laughs> Chris came along for the ride. And it was a lot of fun. Uh, but we did something a little bit different because we, yeah. we had some original goals in mind. I think the and, one thing that we did different, though, is that we didn't spend copious amounts of money because Chris was there. Yeah, we we had a we had a buffer. There'd be so many times I'd pick something up in a store and be like, "This seems like a great idea." She's just, just like staring at you, arms crossed. Well, all all kidding aside, um, like we we did a. <laughs> I took David to a disc golf store, which he he, he did really well because there was uh, alpacas and llamas, so he got to go I saw some llamas. That was sweet. I fed one. Well, I fed a bunch of them, and then one of them spit at me, but it wasn't spit. It just like I don't know, coughed a bunch of like food at me. Yeah, we're we're pulling into to the disc golf store. And he's like, "Holy shit! You didn't tell me there was llamas." So I was like, "I, I, I forgot." I'm more concerned about the chickens that just run around all the time, but neither here nor there. The reason we didn't kind of expand our horizons to check out like Walmart displays or Best Buy displays yesterday, like we originally anticipated is the first gaming store we walked in. They just seemed so defeated. It wasn't because they were busy and they made a ton of money that they, to my account, I think they said they had, they got two of each console yesterday. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. They just didn't care. Like they had no Series X display. It was just like another any other day. Yeah, there was no they didn't even have like new controllers because like I told myself I kind of want the blue controller. (laughs) I don't need it, but I want it. So I just wanted to go look at it. No, nothing. They didn't have anything there. It was uh, it was really disappointing. And there was no line in front of the Best Buy when I got up in the morning. Like I can see Best Buy from my house. Well, that's also in part because for for the Xbox and the uh, PS5, there's um, no um, in-store purchases. I think I just heard a knock at the door. I think my Xbox is here. Do you, do you need me to just go on. on a rant? Hold on. I'm going to go get it. All right. Well, David's doing that. Let me... Uh... Let me explain kind of the the setup here in Canada anyways. I'm not sure about the American setup. We do have like our EB games had a uh, an appointment based system set up. So the appointments would be you, you had a staggered release for your time. If you got one of the pre-orders, you got to go pick it up at your allotted time. You were also given like a 10 minute time frame to shop while you were doing that from my understanding. It's so, here. That's excellent. My Xbox is here. I'm just, I'm just telling. I'll, don't open it. <laughs> I'm, I'm just telling. Open, you, I'm uh, opening the shipping box. To make sure that it's not damaged. Oh, it's glorious. Is it? See, you, got, you, you, get, you get the jewelry Gloria. twice. Shit, they um, sent me a Series S. No. That's so funny. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> oh, guys are hearing this live. No, David, I was just telling everybody that uh, I heard the way voice i thought you got serious like, <laughs> so we are just off the rails already at seven, seven minutes in it's a launch stakes miracle all right 
so late. <laughs> I, I was just telling everybody how EB's staggered um, approach went, where you got your time frame, and then you got ten minutes in the store to purchase whatever games you wanted slash peripherals, but they didn't have it. I did notice though a lot of EB's had those like weird white boxes, not made by Biogenic, but by another company that had like a a headset, some grips and a few things for your like day one starter kind of set. Wasn't overly impressive. Yes. But, uh, it was pretty kind of lackluster. We, we went over to Walmart last night real quick and it was just, I, I was just like, Oh, maybe they have something on display. Nothing. They have a few games with the updated like sticker on it, but nothing's like permanent. Even our watchdogs legions copies just have like a little sticker on the top. Well, I think that's kind of what they are doing to to kind of make it stand out, right? Because they're using the same Xbox cases. Uh, the only difference printed on the labels are where it says for Xbox One, it'll say Xbox One and Xbox Series XS. Um, but it's easy to miss. So that little sticker... It's that black little sticker that says like Xbox Series X or whatever. And it's it's black and it's on the green portion of the top of the case, something that stands out very well. So um, my guess is that that's what it's going to be like for a while or maybe it's just for for launch, right? Like maybe just for the next um, few releases, they're going to do that while people kind of are adopting the new system. Well, I've also been kind of reading a lot of like the Black Friday plans. Like co- stores are claiming that they're going to get some. Like we're going to have some for Black Friday. Like are we going to have like just pandemonium <laughs> in Ontario for Xboxes and PS5s? Like, oh my god, they have two. And then people just like fighting each other for it. Like I'm here for that kind of drama and activity, but I also think that it's really stupid and senseless. Mm-hmm. Oh, it it'll totally be like that, right? Like um, maybe not so much in Canada because our Black Friday stuff still isn't as crazy as in the United States. Black Friday is just kind of like a preview to Boxing Day sales here. Mm-hmm. But I think in the United States, if they have them in store, it's just going to be crazy, especially with both the Xbox and the, the PS5 out. But I know that, um, I don't know, I'm, I'm kind of excited for people who are getting their uh, PS5s this week as well because I'm I'm hoping that the launch of the PS5 is a little more um, joyous and exciting than what we experienced for the Xbox. Mm-hmm. It was um it was lackluster yesterday. Like I know like you and I get excited when we get to hang out cuz it doesn't happen too too often because of covid and stuff. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. But there was just no energy yesterday. Like, there was no vibe. Even what was probably the most disappointing, though, is that... scalpers, like, (sighs) let go of their prices a little too early. Yeah, that was really Um, disappointing. No, the... um, When we got it set up and everything going, there was no big games out that just showcase the power of the series X. Right. Yeah, like there are some buy games, Assassin's Creed. There are some games that are optimized right now for it. Right. And um, 
but nothing was a absolute launch title that you had to buy. Like if, if they had released um, like hell, even if they released like gears five or gears five was re-released. No, no. Like, I mean like if, if it was a launch title or like for um, series X, right. Uh, Halo, like there is no big game that was like an exclusive console seller. Yeah. Right. Like, we had Watchdog Legions that came out a few weeks ago that, you know, is updated for the Series X and it will be updated for the PS5 as well. Um, Assassin's Creed Valhalla came out, but still, it's uh, it, that's one of those things that it wasn't a game that was designed specifically for the new hardware. No, but people who did buy it for the Xbox One were able to have smart delivery upgraded for absolutely no charge. That's good. Yes, and, and that's how it should be, really. Like, and that's kind of what Microsoft has been uh, promoting, right? Yeah, cough, EA, cough, dicks. But Anyways, it's like on. you know, like <laughs> we we kind of talked about this in our last episode. You know, like there was exclusive launch titles. There was there were games that you just had to get um, that just showcased the power of the new system. And there's nothing really for this. And I, I think that's where PlayStation, where Sony has the uh, upper hand this year is that they have games coming out for their system that are new IPs or sequels to games that can that are only coming out on the PS5. Even if they're like nothing super crazy like Sackboy's Adventure, um, it's still games that will that that you can't play on the PS4. Right? Like so uh, I think Spider-Man Miles Morales is a, is a unique s- situation because that game came out on ps4 and i'm sure sony would love to just release miles morales on ps5 but they have a a huge fan base that they have to kind of cater to as well right um so with the xbox though what exclusives were there for this it was like four indie games (laughs) like even Dirt 5 was available for both consoles and Dirt 5, which I have a little bit of a, <clears throat> I guess, issue with because it was supposed to be a Game Pass game, which I was really looking forward to. I looked for it for hours last night. I couldn't find it. Let me uh, let me pull the list. There's there's just a I don't know. It's I don't know if it's completely it due to COVID or if it was just kind of planned this way right like a seamless transition from the xbox one to the xbox series but um yeah like when we got the system all set up and everything there wasn't really the excitement of trying that new thing right well especially because it took what (laughs) like forever 35 minutes to set up watchdogs that's true like, yeah, I will say it was faster because you and I, uh, we played a board game last night over probably 45 minutes. And that's how long it took for Watch Dogs to set up on my Xbox One. Mm-hmm. So, um, but then we, it we is did, a bit faster. We did load, we did load it up and um, we did, um, because I've, I've been playing Watch Dogs Legion on uh, my Xbox One and the load times on that can be significant i haven't actually timed them but they were they're enough for me to go and get a drink 
and come back. Um, but I did notice, and I you kind of saw my reaction watching the the game load. Um, it is significantly faster. Now, maybe not like super super fast, but it's fast enough that if I were to get a drink, I would probably miss some of the start of the first cutscene. Uh, well, yeah, you're very right. So last night I was going to play on my brand new Series X, and the other half needed the office, which is where my Xbox. Like where I typically game. Um, so I was like, oh, I'll just go play it on the TV because I have two Xboxes for no reason. And the load time, like I watched it on the Series X and then I watched it on the, the Xbox One. There is a very big difference in load time. So you, you sir, are right. But that's only going to be... Well, like I know Digital Foundry did do a, uh, a review or a, a, an analysis of load times off of external media. So hard drives, external hard drives, an external SSD, and then an external M2 card in an external case. Um, and on the Series X, and I would assume S as well, the, the load times are faster. And I guess that's also due to uh, the faster processing speeds. But anything on the internal drive will be significantly, significantly faster. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's very interesting to kind of like see that the the differences in the loading. If you like, I wish I could put them beside each other and compare. I mean, I could, but that would just be an awful lot of work. Um, the one thing I will say, like, I only attempted two games last night on the Series X. I played Watch Dogs for a little bit, and I played my oh, my, I was going to say my pride and joy. My, I was going to play Modern War. I played Modern Warfare for a bit, and after. Um, we did the content transfer, which is insanely fast um, going from your hard drive to your console. It asked me for a third update. I was like, what the hell? It added, it had me update Modern Warfare with new texture packs that didn't exist on the Xbox One. I honestly was amazed by the look of it, if I'm being honest. It looked a lot more like a PC game and less like a console game. I know it shouldn't be that different, but like the textures were much smoother. Um, your depth of field looked a little bit deeper as well. It just, it looked crisper. Like there wasn't a lot of motion blur on surrounding areas. And I found it really easy to see people um, like that were like moving around in bushes or trees and stuff. It was just mm-hmm. easier to see. Um, I, <laughs> I was playing one guy or well, I was playing a game last night. Somebody was shooting at me and I was like trying to figure out, what they ha- were doing and where they were. And I just shot at them with like some ground loot from far away. And they like claimed I was cheating. I'm like, no, I could just see better. That's all it was. I could just see. So I'm impressed even with that. That's the, the only two games that I've played that have been optimized for the system so far. Wait, is what is Warzone optimized? Yes, sir. Did it say SX on the icon? It does. I can't start up my Xbox right now because I'm using dual monitors, but it does. Yes. Oh, Oh, right. That was the update that we were. Yeah, that's right. Okay. But yeah, it, it looked really, really good. So, so far, so good. Um, my Xbox hasn't caught fire like people have cl- uh, claimed oh on the God. internet. We're not even talking about that. It's all fake. I flipped it upside down and no screws came out. Jesus I Christ, watch- man. Don't feed into them. I did watch a video last night, which I thought was kind of cool, which was how the air cooling works for the Xbox. Oh, the ping pong ball. Yeah, it's, it's very neat. 
I'm gonna uh, get no, I just though. like they showed uh, I guess a digital half of like how it builds a cyclone inside to keep it nice and cool. Like this console was on for a large chunk of yesterday. I would say from 4 p.m. till about 2 a.m. It maybe was off for about an hour, hour and a bit, and it was cool. Like it, it was warm. Don't get me wrong, but it was like comparing comparing it to the Xbox One. It was cool to the touch. Nice. Yeah. Nice. 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 Can we talk about the controller? I want to talk about the controller. Sure. I like it. Yeah, it looks smaller. It seems smaller. I think, I think it it because they got rid of that little divot right around the Xbox button, it looks it looks smaller because there's less there's no there's less for light to hit, you know what I mean? Like none of those edges. Um but the the textured uh triggers are super nice. And the um the D pad. I was kind of skeptical about it, but, and I know you mentioned like, oh, well, I have the elite controller. It's the same D pad. It isn't though, because no, the, you, you're right. I definitely the, played with both of them last the, night. The circle on the um, Xbox elite controller is it's all flat, right? Like it, it has, it's like kind of regions, um, but the, the uh, Siri, the new Xbox controller, it has the raised cross D pad on it with a, and everyone's seen it, but your thumb just, it just cradles your thumb. You know, it's like your thumbs a little baby and it's just holding it close and keeping it warm. I don't know. It's a, it, it's pretty comfortable. It'll be good for uh, people who, you know, play fighting games and stuff like that. I don't, I'm not a big fan of that, but I'm going to be honest. I really like it for the idea of like playing a racing game or a sports game, just because that like, if you're like Madden is a great example. If you're trying to like call an audible or change your play, it's crisp enough. The button feel that like you do feel that, like that down left, right? Like that angle. Whereas with a regular D pad, you actually have to press both. Now you actually Mm -hmm. can just use the tip of your thumb. I think that's really nice. That's true. Yeah. Um, and, and the textures on the controllers, I know some of the other controllers, uh, like the special edition ones, have had kind of like textured, rubber textured backs and stuff like that. Um, but the, the overall feel of it, it's, it's, I think it's, they're subtle enough that it is not um, an overwhelming change, but it still is enough to make it feel new. Mm-hmm. Um, unlike Sony, where every single essentially every single generation, they make some sort of radical change to the controller. But I don't know. I've seen some of the haptic feedback on the triggers for the PS five. It looks, it looks pretty cool. I mean, we've already had haptic feedback for a while on the Xbox. So no, 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 we haven't. No, what we, no, you we do haven't. And you don't. No, you don't, man. It's they have trigger rumble. That's it. Yeah, and when you're, playing, when you're playing games, it works. Yeah, but it's just rumble. It's just vibration. The PS5 triggers actually the the tension on the trigger will change dynamically with the game. Mm-hmm. There's the big difference. Man, you got to do your research. No, you do. <laughs> 
I don't know. I always, I always felt, and I thought it was so revolutionary when I played Forza for the first time. Like if you only pull in the trigger halfway, you only go half the speed, but then the rumble strips would hit you and you'd have to like press it in more. I like that. Even your braking would be dependent on like, it wasn't just like on off where you were pulling a trigger. That's analog for you, man. Analog analog for you, man. All right. (laughs) Do you want to do a quick break, uh, board down, uh, board game breakdown that we played yesterday? Or would you like to go into some hot takes I found on the internet? Well, you know, I think it's about time for one of David's dicey reviews. David's dice reviews still doesn't have a jingle. Yeah. What did we play last time? This is a good one. If you're going to ask me for the game, I believe it was called Horrified. That's right. Universal Monsters. Ladies, ladies and gents. No, it's just. Oh, maybe it is. Hold on. David doesn't oh, know. It's Universal Studios Monsters Horrified, but it's Horrified. It's essentially called Horrified. It's a, uh, it's a board game with um, that has some of the classic Universal movie monsters. So, you know, Dracula, the Swamp Thing. Or the creature from the Black Lagoon, right? Um, the Invisible Man, the Mummy, uh, Frankenstein's monster and his bride. What else? There's something else. Oh, the Wolfman. So it's a uh, co-op game. You play as these, I don't know, heroes, they're called. Various different people that have some different abilities. Um, going through this town and... Essentially, each monster has its own objectives. That's v- vastly different. So we played against uh, the, the basic, the the recommended novice game for your first one, which was uh, Dracula and the Creature from the Black Lagoon. Uh, just and because we I th- beat their asses. Yeah, they're they're pretty easy to 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 play against. Um, but like the the objectives on how you defeat um, Dracula, you had to. Well, okay, so first off. Uh, in order to kind of do objectives, you have to collect items, which are put around randomly ac- across the board. Um, they're colored blue, red, uh, yellow. And uh, for each monster or, or whatnot, there's a requirement for a specific type of item or specific combination or specific uh, value of items. Um, so Dracula, for example, we had to go to a specific locations with his coffins, um, submit uh, three red items with a value of six or more uh, in order to smash the coffins. Once we smashed all four coffins, then we could go to his location and use three yellow items uh, worth six or more to defeat Dracula. Pretty basic stuff. Swamp thing was uh, we had to go to the camp, use items, move the boat along, and then eventually defeat him. Um, so, the difficulty, it, it wasn't a, a difficult game, right? Like, it, it seemed pretty easy. Yeah, I, I found the comparable for uh, for you gamers out there would be kind of similar to Pandemic. Like, your characters have different um, special abilities that they could have. Like, I I had a character that could kind of teleport. Whereas you, you could have the, um, what is it, the pilot in Pandemic that can fly people like it's one of your actions but you could just move somebody mm-hmm. to another area um yeah 
but the game is <laughs> the, the game is like can be easy. Like the one that we played, we beat it in probably about 45 minutes, right? Like, and that was with me explaining the basics to you guys and you picked it up pretty quickly. Um, but the difficulty does scale um, based off of the monsters that you play and how many, right? Cause you can play with up to four monsters in the game. I've actually never played with four monsters. I've played with uh, just a combination, different combination of two monsters. Um, but it's one of those things that, it is such an easy game to pick up and play. Um, and it's easy to teach as well. Right. Like uh, it does have some of those comparisons to pandemic like the, but I, I think that by comparing it to pandemic um, you're, you're just comparing basic fundamental game elements, right? Which like so many games have characters with special abilities right so, sorry um, can i rephrase then yes i i would compare it to pandemic for those who want to pick up a game that is a co-op based game where you have to use your abilities as well as your teammates abilities to defeat monsters and survive the night of horrified okay? all right so then uh i guess what what you could say is that it is a a good next step from pandemic. It's actually, I would say it's easier to pick up and play than pandemic. Pandemic has a lot more rules to it, right? Like, and it takes a little more to explain and there's more going on in pandemic, I think. Whereas with, um, with horrified, you know, simple things as like the monsters, uh, how monsters move and attack it's you, you draw a card and you follow the instructions on a card. It says which monsters move, how many spaces. And if another person or a villagers in a space, how many dice they attack with, you know, basic, simple stuff. Yeah. And for a game that is so simple, uh, I've played it probably about half a dozen times um, with different people. And every single time the response afterwards is that the game was a lot of fun. Um, and I think what is so appealing to it is because it is so easy to pick up and play. It's so easy to understand what you have to do that it allows you to then instead of focusing on how do I do this, it allows you to focus on what am I going to do next? Like you can just start strategizing so much faster. Yeah. Um, and working together as a team, like near the end of the game, right? You know, you had enough to get the creature, like get the boat to the end. Uh, and then um, I had enough to defeat him. And same thing with like Dracula. Like we were all like set up right in this, the perfect spot to really beat the game. And we, we could have just ended the game because we're like, oh, we know it's going to end. But no, we still played through and did the motions and stuff like that. And it was fun. Everyone had fun. And, and you even said, uh, you, you mentioned to me earlier that you even were looking looking up a copy to purchase for yourself, right? Yeah, ra- rather rapidly too. And that's the thing is, and that uh, I think is what makes the game um, so good is that when you play it, it's something that people are like, oh man, I want a copy of this. Um, it's easy to play, but you can play it by yourself. Uh, you can, it, it's up to five players. I think at most I've ever played with is three. And that was <laughs> when we play with you guys. Um but it is probably one of the first, like my first choice of games to introduce to people who are looking for something a little different. 
not necessarily, you know, everyone says, oh, you got to play Catan. I hate Catan. Um, but Catan is a, it's a gateway game. It is right? a gateway drug of board games. It is that game that is super popular. Uh, there's a good chance that most people have a copy of it. Do you own a copy of Catan? I do. Yeah, see, I don't, and I probably never will unless someone gifts it to me. Um, and it's one of those games that is, it's not Monopoly, it's not Scrabble, it's not like the classic board games. It's different, it's a little more in-depth, but it is uh, a gateway into more complex games. And I think Horrified is a great alternative to um, Catan because it is a super easy game to play. It's super easy to learn. It's a lot of fun. The theme, um, everyone knows who Frankenstein is and everyone knows who Dracula is. Like uh, everyone knows the wolf man, right? So the monsters, everyone knows. So you're not kind of, you're, you're playing a game that people can re- like relate to because they, they know the characters, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and the artwork on it is fantastic. Uh, the, the board is beautifully done with the contrast between light areas and dark areas. Um, the colors are vibrant. And I think this is a great option for people who are looking for something to maybe get like some of their friends or family into more in-depth games without having to explain to them a ton of rules and have a ton of little fiddly bits to, to deal with and set up. Um, and you know what? You can put on some scary music in the background and play. You could like we could have probably done another game if I had more time. Yeah. Um, right. You just mix it up a bit, change the monsters, add an extra monster, all that stuff. Right. So the only thing I want to kind of step backwards for a bit uh, is you said it's a great alternative to the Catans to the Monopolies. Well, the goal of Catan is simple. Beat your opponents. The goal of Horrified is to beat the monsters with everybody you're playing with. So the the contrast there would be you named a lot of games where you have to individually win. If you want a co-op game, this is a very good game. If you want a game where you're like competing with people, it's probably not the greatest game. That's true. It doesn't really work for people who are totally into the um, competitive games. Right? Like it's, it might not be good for people who are very competitive because they might not enjoy working together with other people. But I think what, what I'm trying to get at with the entry game is, or the, yeah, the gateway game to a broader world of board games is that it is different enough from the classic games that we play. You know, Monopoly, Scrabble, uh, Risk, even Clue. Um, all of those games is a are, are where players are against each other. So, and while Catan is the same thing, it's a, you know beat your opponents. This is different in the sense that you're working together to beat a common enemy. It involves problem solving um, because you have to work together to figure out how to um, defeat or complete the specific objectives, you know, like right off the bat, you were looking at the objectives for uh, the swamp thing, right? 
and figuring out how how to beat him in the fastest, right? And I wasn't even really worried. Like, I wasn't even focused on that at the time. I was personally just looking for red items, right? So everyone kind of can take on their own uh, own individual task, all while working together. And when I think when you add more monsters and it increases that difficulty, and um, I I think that that is when the game really shines because that is when people have to work together because uh, the game ends that this is one thing uh, the game ends when either the horror track reaches uh, nine or 10, right? The end. And that happens when a villager dies or a, uh, an, a, a hero gets attacked um, or you run out of cards in the monster deck and there's a set number of cards. I'm I'm not sure how many in there. But, you know, even by the end of our game, you know, we were getting pretty close to the end of that monster deck. Yeah. So there is a lot more strategy involved later on because, like, there's going to be more monsters. The monster goes at the end of every hero's turn, right? So three people go. That's three monster movements or three monster phases. Um, so the game will progress a lot faster. So, um I still think that it's a great entry game for the wider world of board games. Um, the fact that you were interested in purchasing it almost right after we finished playing it, um, that speaks, that speaks tons, right? Because I know people that have played Catan and I, I have played Catan. I've played it quite a bit, many, many moons ago. Um, but I know other people that were like, you know what? I don't like it. I probably won't ever buy it, right? Whereas um, I've actually, I would say almost everyone that I've played with uh, for Horrified has either purchased the game or looked into buying it. And the only person who hasn't is because I I live with them <laughs> and we don't need two copies of the game. But it's so good. It is. And I think, uh, and I, I mentioned this to you, I think they, they could really increase the... Um, replayability of the game. I, I, there already is a lot because you can change up the monster combinations and you can increase or decrease the number of monsters in play. But I think they could really add um, some more variety by putting in different monsters, um, different uh, like expansion packs with like another four monsters. Right. I don't know if they would because I know some people, a lot of people don't like expansion packs for games because it feels like, oh, the game is not complete until you have all of them. Um, but the option is there, right? It's 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 something that they could do eventually. Maybe if there's enough um, demand for it, they could put something out like that. I'm sure I would probably, I, I would definitely pick something up like that just because the game is so good. Yeah, it was, um, I, I'd give it a solid, like, well, we wanted to purchase it, but the, the fact that it was a co-op game made it nice because like when you're playing with two people, you don't always want to compete, right? That's right. Yeah. And that's why, uh, you know, I like playing co-op games because you don't have to worry, especially if, if you're teaching a game to someone, right. Or if they are kind of new to games, playing a co-op game allows you to give them more guidance without, giving you an advantage, right? Because like if you're playing a game against someone else where it's a player versus player game, 
if you're playing that game and the person doesn't really understand stuff, well, they're going to have to give you hidden information for you to be able to properly explain how to do something, right? Which is then in turn going to give you an advantage because you already know what they have. Whereas in a co-op game, it's easier to explain to people how to do things because everything is, uh, you know, open knowledge, you know, uh, I'm going to go back to Mansions of Madness, uh, which we sp- spoke about last uh, last week. Uh, that is also a co-op game. And same thing, all the items and stuff like that is public knowledge, except for if your character becomes insane and then you pick up an, an insanity card. That is the only time that a player will have something that is private. But it is such a basic concept that you don't really have to explain further than what says on the card like because the card will give you instructions specific instructions on how your character has to win the game then right Uh Uh, and it's when games implement things like that uh in co-op games that's perfectly i think that's perfectly acceptable because no longer are you um required to it's such a basic rule or instruction that really anyone can play and by the time like especially in Manson Madness by the time you get an insanity card you should have a basic enough understanding on how the game runs to be able to understand what you have to do to uh, complete the objective on that card um, but m- my rating for uh, Horrified I'm going to uh, I'm going to Probably to no surprise to anyone because I've spoken very highly of this. I'm going to give this a 10 out of 10 tentacles uh, for our rating system. And yeah, I know know octopus only have eight tentacles. This was brought to my attention the other day. But how how do I do 10 out of 10 in eight tentacles? Eight out of eight? That doesn't sound right. It's true. Yeah. The perfect 10. All right, you want some no, hot David, takes? David's Dicey Reviews. There we go. David's Dicey Reviews. I feel like that's the only jingle we can really have. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. All right. Do you want Xbox hot takes or PlayStation hot takes? Um, You know what? Surprise me. Okay, well, you know what? Because Because of the way they have been released, we'll go with Xbox first. Here are surprised. five hot takes on predicting how Microsoft will do in the next generation. Number one, Halo Infinity will be the worst entry in the franchise. Number two, Microsoft will purchase another major game developer that will shock everyone. My, my laugh would be if it was something that like caters to, to Sony. And then being like, we just want everybody to play games. That'd be great. Number three, Microsoft will bring back classic IPs such as Banjo-Kazooie and only watch them fail. Well, that already happened once with uh, Banjo-Kazooie nuts and bolts. Yeah, well, they could do it again. Or they could bring (laughs) back Donkey Kong so somebody can bring back fucking Donkey Kong. That would have to be Nintendo. Microsoft Project X Cloud becomes a massive success. And the Microsoft Series X 
and S will finish third in sales to the PlayStation and the Nintendo Switch? Uh, third in place to the Xbox and Nintendo Switch. Interesting. Well, it's got a lot of catching up to do for the Nintendo Switch. Same with the PS5. Yes, so but if I, you're starting the new generation this week, Nintendo's not even in the race. Right? Like, they're, they're, they're comparing uh, a system that released one day ago and or you know what a week ago and a pandemic saver to a console that came out in what 2017 2015 when did the when did the switch come out a while ago but like the big thing here it's yeah this year it's gonna finish third maybe second do you know why there was less pre-orders in the ps5 and from March until now, the Switch has been one of the hardest things to get your hands on because everybody was fucking bored at home. This is a terrible hot take. Yeah. Terrible. Now, the, the one that I am kind of skeptical but also not skeptical about is the potential for Halo to be the worst one in the series. No, ODST already did that. I know, but we don't talk about that. Um, I think after that, the backlash of how it looked at their uh, preview a few months back, and then the game being delayed and all that stuff, I, I it'll be interesting. I know Halo Five didn't receive the greatest um, the greatest response, right? Um, and there's a lot of hype for this one. And the fact that I think the fact that it was delayed to not be a launch title. Um, yeah, I don't know. Are they are they running around doing damage control? Maybe. Do you want the Sony ones? Yeah. Now, these both came from the same website. Okay. God of War Ragnarok will be the best-selling console game for the PS5. Uncharted Returns, bigger and better than before. Really? Sony leaves some IPs behind this upcoming generation. That's that's a given. They do that every year. (laughs) A more powerful version of the PS5 will be introduced in 2021. Uh, Like... That you don't have to be a genius to figure out they're gonna just do something. Hold on, a more powerful version of the PS5 in 2021. That's like a month from now. <laughs> ready, ready, ready. Yeah, Sony will take a very early lead in sales. Um, potentially. Um, I, I already did. I might believe that. Yeah, they already did. The amount of pre-orders that were available were two to one. That, that's already a that's given. True. It's a foregone conclusion. That's not predicting the future. That's reading a fucking fact. The, where, the, what, what, where did you get this list from? Can't I can't say. I don't want to embarrass these people. <laughs> oh, I have a feeling. Am I right? Yeah, you are. Yeah, I'm right. Uh, this is that. That's just <laughs> like look. We respect anybody who's going to put themselves out there and they are going to, like, if they're making articles, making podcasts, making video blogs, whatever, we respect that. But when you make hot takes just to get fucking clicks, come on, guys. 
This is awful. Why do you do this to yourself, Sean? Sony will take a very early lead in sales. We knew that weeks ago. Your blood pressure can't handle this. We knew that weeks ago because it was already determined. Yeah. This will be like saying, David, did you know Halloween comes before Christmas? I just want to predict that. Well, it depends on when when the year starts. Okay, fine, fine, fine. Right? It's like staying. Uh, you you know, know what? I'm going to predict there's going to be snow in January. I don't know. With how things have been, you might be wrong. We were at like 27 degrees the other day. Okay, I will predict your girlfriend will be mad at you at least once more by the day is over. Well, that's not wrong. Yeah, there you go. So, because I already know what's going to happen, it can't like. Come on, like. Obviously, the this the website that we're looking at here is very pro Nintendo and Sony. God of War will be the best selling console game. Why? Because God of War is a big game. It's got to outsell something that's going to be cross generate or cross platform to be the best selling console game of all time. Or for for the series for the PS Five, right? Here's here's a hot take. People who uh, wrote that article probably won't buy a new Xbox anyways. Yeah, they, they, they seem like Nintendo Switch Pro players. Man, if, if there was a Nintendo Switch, a, a Pro version of the Nintendo Switch, I would be all over that. All right. So I got, I got one more topic. I know we have a shorter show today because we spend a lot of time together and we have obligations that we have to do. But... The file size has been floating around for Call of Duty for people who had pre-releases. Have you seen this? Uh, yes. It's stupid. Do you remember the size? It's like 180 gigs. Yeah. Now, the cool thing, at least on the Xbox, and I, I kind of hope it doesn't work on the PlayStation this way just because they get a year of free content. Or they get the zombies like super mode for an entire year, so I hope to hell that Sony pays for this this way. Microsoft is giving you the ability to operate your games, or at least we know this game for sure, like a PC game. If you're not playing a component of the game, you can delete it. I don't know any PC game that allows that. There are some, like, I know Devin did that with his Modern Warfare. Oh, maybe maybe the game was programmed like that, but yeah, most, so like he, he has the ability. don't have that. So, you'll be able to remove the, the zombie mode if you don't want it campaign if you don't want it if you play just multiplayer warzone hd packs and ray tracing works out to be about 101 gigs not terrible but still pretty pretty terrible yeah but that's what you're already essentially you're paying for that storage currently with modern warfare what wait if you're I'm sorry, like if your hard drive is a terabyte now, you're already using 120 gigs for Modern Warfare. Oh, yeah, it's stupid anyways. It's a big game. Huge game. It doesn't need to be that big. But it is. This is true. Sorry, I'm choking on myself. Go ahead. Um, I, I, I think, and we knew this was going to be a problem like moving forward, and, and it's just kind of science, right? Games as the graphics increase and they add more to it, game sizes uh, get bigger. 
it's it's not possible to have you know a game that looks amazing be a com- super tiny file size. Um, but I think it gets to the point where it, when is it too big, right? Like the to take full advantage of the Series X, um, S, and the PS5, the load times and stuff like that. Uh, the games need to be on the internal storage. the The PS5 has what six hundred some odd gigs free yeah, internal, a lot. right? So people who are playing Call of Duty Cold War uh, and have everything installed, that is a third of their storage size, like storage space for their their games. Wait, wait, that's stupid. It's crazy. Um, now Sony, you can install a m.2 card in your ps4 or ps5 sorry uh, but it has to be essentially whitelisted from sony it has to be a, a gen 4 m2 card which those are still very expensive you know i know people and we've even said you know the expansion card for the xbox series you know 300 bucks for one terabyte that is super expensive for what it is um but it is new technology it's running the uh m2 gen 4 um text text speeds stuff like that um eventually those costs will go down uh, because right now you can get like a, a, a gen 3 ssd for you know 150 bucks for a one terabyte you know yeah. um i think with sony with the ps5 they've made it more accessible for people to be able to purchase and upgrade their uh internal storage but again Sony has to whitelist it. So does that mean that unless it's a specific model, will the PS5 not read it? We don't know. Um, obviously, we'll find out later as people test their uh, their M2 cards with their systems. Um, I'm curious as to whether or not it will show up as a separate storage medium, or will it just merge the storage space between the two uh, between the internal and the uh, added uh, SSD. Um, same with the Xbox. I haven't really seen too much about that. I don't know if it, if it again, shows up as um, separate uh, storage. Like, you know, if you have an external hard drive installed. What I would really like is... Um, I, I don't know if the Xbox does this. If you have the system set up to install by default to like the internal internal hard drive um will it if that's full will it automatically then install something else to the external if you have one connected i'm not sure i could try and max it out and see but i have no idea i know that my internal drive on my xbox one x was full and it couldn't download an update for watchdog legion um it told me that i had to make more space but that's that's an update, which is fine because it's, it's like changing the actual game install. Um, but yeah, I, I I understand that if they if they were to not have it as a uh, merged storage space from the internal, right? So that just shows like your maximum amount um, because all it takes is you know someone to unplug the expansion card on the back of the xbox or remove that um, ssd from the ps5 and then all of your storage is kind of fucked up 
right? So on a user-friendly standpoint, that makes the most sense. Um, but if the systems aren't designed to kind of automatically select the drive with the most space for a specific item, mm-hmm. then that's just kind of... I, like, I don't want to have to really think about it, right? If I have my internal storage, it has you know, 20 gigs free and my external, um, my expansion card on my Xbox is completely empty. I want to, if I want to install a game, it should be able to say like, oh, you know what? It's not big enough. There's not enough space on the internal storage. We're just going to automatically install it on the external um, expansion slot without me having to intervene. Then we have to go into settings and change like the default in- installations space and all that stuff. I don't know. We haven't uh, really seen any of that yet. Don't know how that's going to work out, but we'll find out, I guess, sooner or later. With yeah, the game no, it's coming great. out being 200 gigs plus. Finally, Assassin's Creed has made the news for good and bad reasons. Assassin's Creed Valhalla. I uh, was reviewed for the Xbox Series X, and it only shows what's considered flashes of next gen. What would you define as a flash of next gen? Um, David, would you would you be like, oh, maybe it doesn't look as like crisp? Maybe the HDR doesn't work as well as it could. Maybe there's no ray tracing. What would you define traces of or flashes of next gen output? I don't know. What you games- so there, there's been a few different assassin's creed kind of reviews out there and a lot of people are clowning on the xbox x saying it's like it loads really fast but it doesn't seem like a next generation game well let's go back seven years when the next gen stuff came out it was still pretty close like it it was advanced but it was like early advanced right we talked about star wars squadrons saying like you're gonna release this on next gen it looks like it was made in 2014 the Assassin's Creed Valhalla reviews, while are still promising, they're they're saying that um, it's impressive that the game looks as gorgeous as it can. However, they want to compare it to the PS5's version to see which one actually took on real next gen. I'm confused because when I think of a next generation game, I don't really know what to think of anymore because when I saw all those videos for quote unquote E3 and the Ubisoft forwards and the EA plays, those videos were all pre-rendered. Like, I don't understand what people are expecting. Yeah. This, this came out on the day one of a console, but screenshots and videos look gorgeous. So I'm not sure why people don't think it's, next gen ready is it because it's unpolished mm-hmm. is it because the the like it's not loading lightning fast like other things are well and and the thing is is we're we're in a a time where the transition f- between generations isn't as clear-cut as you know 20 years ago right where your the hardware was so drastically different that you know it was on new media it was it was on new like discs or different cartridges right uh 
even from the PS, uh, the Xbox 360 to the Xbox One, the PS3 to the PS4, games were still being developed for both systems, right? Um, so obviously they're going to develop games, and f- this is at least how I would see it. They're going to develop games for the original hardware, right? So for, in this case, it probably started development on the PS4 and the Xbox One. And then they end up getting, you know, Xbox Series X and PS5 dev kits and started adding features or optimizing it for that. But the game fundamentally was never made for the Xbox Series or the PS5. So, yes, uh, it might not look like a true next generation game that we have come to expect, you know, like the jump from the N64 to the GameCube was significant, right? I remember playing like the rogue squadron demo in Walmart, you know, like how they had the TVs set up and all that and thinking that this was the ultimate game. Graphics couldn't get any better than that. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think we've been spoiled over the last you know, 10 years where graphics have increased substantially during a console generation where, you know, games look right now phenomenal on the Xbox one. And if you compare them to the launch of the Xbox one, they were still on, they were more on par with the Xbox 360 and the PS3, right? And I think the same thing is going to happen during the lifespan of the PS5 and the Xbox series is that we're going to look back at the games that came out now that released on the uh, Xbox series and PS5. And they're going to look, I don't know, like basic in comparison to what we will get in the next year or two years or three years. Right. Because as developers, understand the consoles more and learn how to push the hardware to the limits. You know, we're not going to get that right now. Um, you know, it's like learning the language you learn with the basics. You learn how to say hello, goodbye. Thank you very much. And a few swear words. Right. And eventually you learn more and you understand how to use the language to, you know, actually get things done. It's no different than developing for a console. You know, developers need time. Yes, they they know how to do this stuff. And sure, they can translate from one to another because they know the basics. But being able to really understand what you can do with something, that takes time. And for anyone who is like all the reviews saying like, oh, these games... They don't field next gen. It's kind of lackluster, blah, 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 blah. Sure, that's probably very accurate, but that's no reason to bash the quality of a product or a game, right? Yeah. That's my hot take. So just kind of scanning through while you were talking, it looks like the averages are fairly consistent throughout a bunch of companies, and it might have to do with the fact that Assassin's Creed doesn't run that native 4K that the Xbox Series X is boasting. It's saying uh, the comparative is likely to a high setting on a PC. Now, just going a little bit further, I've looked up a bunch of different reviews. Just I have a few open and the averages are kind of funny. Uh, Presentation, you see anywhere from four to five. Gameplay, you see pretty much locked in at four. You have a few three and a halves and you have a few fives. 
technical for this game is a three. So the game's still averaging a four, but they're saying the technical like the technical parameters of the game are not up to snuff for something that came out yesterday. Well, I agree with what you're saying. It takes time to perfect this. And the next Assassin's Creed is going to be bonkers, guaranteed. But are people just rating it low because their 4K TV isn't getting it in 4K? Like, I know you and I argued about this a long time yesterday. Like, I game, like, I don't game on the big, like, our TV. I game on a gaming monitor. I don't have a 4K gaming monitor. I have a fairly decent, like, good 1080p monitor that I rather enjoy playing with or playing on. I said to you, just like most people, if you're watching something on Netflix or if you're playing a game, you're not going to notice the difference between 1080p and 4K unless it's like super bright, vivid colors. And even then, the game is... They're the consoles designed to still make it look better on your television. So I think these people are nitpickers. I, I'm, I'm going to stop you right there because you can see the difference between 1080p and 4k on a, you know, a large screen. Oh, oh yeah. Which is fair. 100%. But when you're walking through a Best Buy, right? You know, like those things are all set up to be models. They're beautiful. They have their backlights on high. They're boasting lots of blues and yellows to make it like to grab your eye to the television and be like, oh, this one's better than that one. It's the same thing. Like I can watch TV and like, yeah, I could tell the difference because I went to school, but I can like, it's not, it's such a finite difference for some people. Like you're not watching friends in 4k. You're watching something that's been upscaled and being pushed through your TV, but it's not 4K. 4K definitely kind of has that, like, they're in your living room feel, but not 3D. Uh-huh. And yes, to the naked eye, 100%, everybody should be able to notice that if they're watching, like, I think soap opera started doing it first, right? That that really, like, weird camera feel that it made well, it seem like... the soap opera effect? It's because they're, it's shot at, a, at 30 frames per second or, or higher. But, like, you should be able to notice that. What I'm saying is, like... For a video game, as an example, doesn't matter what kind of like you, you can definitely tell that there's a quality difference in the vision, but a lot of it has to do with just the coloring and how vivid it is. If I turned up my backlight, even on my monitor, the game will look better than it does on the light settings that I have, but the light settings I have are comfortable for my eyes. I'm just saying there's like the people reviewing these even like I'm assuming the bigger companies reviewing them have 4k monitors that these guys are playing on. Right. Yeah. And if they don't, okay, cool. But if you're sitting there in the middle of a campaign of Assassin's Creed and you're just playing, you're like, man, this doesn't really look like it's 4k. It looks like it's 1080p. I should really check the, uh, the input coming through my monitor. Come on. Well, and that's the like thing. It's, it's, it's one of the generation. It's actually so easy for um, a TV to not have a proper handshake with a system and get get proper 4K signal. You know, like uh, if you go through a HDMI switch or if you're going through a AV receiver that is not outputting it properly, like it, it um, there's a lot of things that can get in the way from having a full 4K. Uh, s- signal um and even still with like the the um xbox 
Series X that can output up to 120 hertz. That's 120 frames per second, essentially. A lot of TVs that are out right now, unless someone has dropped you know thousands and thousands of dollars on a high-end 4K TV, are not going to be able to uh, have that display. You know, like the TVs, majority of them, uh, if not, like I would say like 95% of TVs out on the market right now or that people have will only output a maximum of 60 hertz or 60 frames per second. So, you know, when people complain that, oh, they're, they're not going to get, oh, this game doesn't run at 120 frames per second. Well, you're never actually going to be able to physically display that on your TV unless you're playing on a computer monitor or something like that. I don't know what the refresh rate um, is. I don't know what the refresh rate on your monitor is, but like my monitor is a, a, a gaming monitor, but the max refresh rate on mine is 75 Hertz. So I can play a game or anything like that um, on my computer at 75 frames per second before I get screen tearing. Most TVs can't even display over 60 frames per second, but I don't know. It's, it's the new, I think, I think what we're going to start seeing is people are going to be nitpicking about little things over the next few months of these consoles, right? Like, because there's not much of a uh, difference between right now, there's not much of a difference between generations because they've, well, especially with Microsoft, they've kind of designed it so that you can easily morph assimilate into the, the next generation. Um, so people are going to find something to complain about just to piss off the fan base, right? Like that whole fake news of Xboxes catching on fire. I actually just sent uh, a picture of my Xbox box to uh, a buddy of mine, and he sent me a picture of, you it know, being on fire. On fire. He's like, hopefully you avoid this. And it just oh, sent me into this rage, and I had to yell at him, it's fake. That's, that's a very Samsung <sighs> move. And I know so like Sony would be the people who like kind of like pay for people to do that, but like it's that's a very Samsung right, move. yeah, but anyways, I think is that it for our show today? yeah, um, just oh, okay. so you know, mine is seventy five refresh rate, and I just found a four k monitor with only sixty oh, refresh rate, so a lot of them are and and the thing is is you you pay for that higher refresh rate because the technology is expensive for that, mm. But you know what else is expensive? The Xbox that is sitting on my couch waiting for me to hook up and spend the rest of the afternoon updating all my games and everything. Yeah, have fun with that. It sucks. Yeah, that's all we got for today's show, though, right? So with uh, thanks to Sean for having me here today. I really appreciate it. Oh, no problem. This is once again the part of the show where David forgets how to close. I don't even remember what I was going to say. If you like like what you're listening to, like and subscribe to us on Instagram, Stitcher, Facebook, Spotify, iTunes. Uh, Don't forget, we are still having our contest for our release giveaway of Cyberpunk 2077, which I believe we are extending for a few weeks just because the game was delayed. So why not give people an extra chance to oh yeah (laughs) very nice um so that's still going on so check out our instagram for ways that you can enter um we're going to definitely be adding some more ways to enter over the next coming weeks because yeah we feel bad that the game was delayed but 
you know what? It's uh, I think it would be more exciting to have this going up until release instead of drawing someone's name and then that's the excitement. That's it. A month before? No, we're gonna we're gonna milk this the best we can. Uh, but that's all that we got for today. Thanks for listening, and we will catch you guys on the next episode of the Scene on Screen podcast. Peace. Peace.